0: Hey guys, welcome to the Big Fat Truth Podcast. I'm Janina, your average fat girl, and today, to pay homage to my 10th episode, I wanted to dive into something more personal. Actually, this topic has been circulating again on social media and has been creating a little bit of traction. Shout out to Frankie Pangilinan, (laughs) you my girl. She has greatly inspired me to also talk about the rape culture. I am on her side and i am very adamant in saying that we should really stop victim blaming um stop telling women how to dress rape culture exists and we should do something to stop it so (laughs) yeah this is a little hard for me to talk about because only a very 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 select few people know um about this and I know if my family hears about this it will really break their heart but my reason for sharing this is that we have to keep the ball rolling um, we have to keep on talking about it for more people to become aware of it to be able to stop the rape culture in the Philippines and ultimately in the world so yeah this is my hashtag me story i was nine years old when i was sexually assaulted i got a new cell phone then and i used to join these (laughs) tv chat rooms way before social media existed i thought it was harmless it was so public it's on tv i mean just chatting and making friends so um what what you do is to create a message, a text message, and send it to a certain number. And it will show up on TV. Um, it was simple. Um, it was fun. There were jokes and codes and random stuff on there. And the messages will just keep on scrolling. So if you missed it, um, you won't be able to see it again, I think, unless you send another message. So I did that um, until one day, a guy took interest in me and I don't know I probably published my number so that's how he got it and started texting me and eventually we talked on the phone Um, we talked every day he was really consistent he wanted to get to know me Um, that's what he said (laughs) of course he said all the right things and I easily trusted him even though I have no idea if what he was saying was real and if he's real. <laughs> so then after, I don't know, maybe a few days or weeks, summer was approaching at that time and school was ending. He started talking about wanting to meet me. And, you know, um wanted to hold my hand and smell my hair and get a hug and all those... Flowery words and stuff So One day I went I went out Yeah, I was I was nine But I knew how to get to The nearest mall I was very independent At an early age And this guy Who was 28 years old At that time Met me at a mall It was exciting For me um, That I got out And of course, I didn't tell my parents what I was really doing. And, you know, it I can't even steal the boy next door's attention. And here's this guy who was so interested in me and wanted to see me. So, yeah, I saw him at a mall and he came in his car. So after talking for a while, he asked me if I wanted to get into his car. So... <laughs> Of course I did. Like, wow, I, I I have a guy here who has his own car. And he kinda he kinda just I don't know how he talked me into it, but yeah, I got in the car. He said he just wanted to talk. And when I when I entered it smelled like he'd, he he'd been smoking. His breath al- also smelled like he's been smoking, so I forgot most of the details already Because I chose not to think about it anymore But he asked me if I've ever been to a lodge Because he wanted to take me there And <laughs> he insisted on it And eventually we, we went and got there So he took me to a room um, There was a parking lot beneath the room And there was a stairs <laughs> going up um, He took me in And there's an open shower and a lot of mirrors, if you know what I'm talking about. So I thought, wow, so this is a lodge. Okay. Anyway, fast forward. (laughs) We talked a little bit, cuddled, and he started kissing me and undressing me. And when we were both in just our underwear, he got on top of me and... Um while this was happening, I felt so uneasy. All of a sudden, it was it was a quick gush of gush of feeling. I don't know how to explain it, but I just started crying. <laughs> like I know in my gut that this is wrong, and I'm not supposed to be here. So then I cried even more, like hysterical, crying, like, take me home, take me home. I I don't know. Um, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> what's happening? I don't understand. So, I was just crying and crying and crying. So, I guess he panicked. So, I even... All I remember is he got up and the washed off in the bathroom. I saw he was naked. There were no bathroom doors. So, I didn't understand why. Then he got back to me. And he was dressing up quickly. He... Was kind of begging me to calm down and not to spark attention from um, from the people outside, and that he'll take me back. And yeah, it was it, It's kind of a blur. I don't remember too much anymore. But I probably got dressed, <laughs> and then I just know I got home. I have no memory of in between the crying and getting home. I don't know if I got on a jeep and if I did it myself or did he get me home I don't he probably left me somewhere and then I got home but it's it's really blank I I don't know I don't know what happened (laughs) I don't I I can't explain but I I don't know what happened then but I got home so (laughs) that's good right and I just know that at that time everything felt wrong. Like something broke. Um, I was so uneasy. I don't understand why. I don't understand what happened. Why was that wrong? Why do I feel this way? I, I was so anxious. It I don't it just I don't know. It it broke me, but I don't understand. <laughs> and This boy didn't even stop there. He had the audacity to still call me at home. And at first, he was checking if I was okay. And he was still trying to be kind and patient. And we all know I wasn't. And I wasn't okay. And I told him I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I was so scared, so anxious, so frightened. I don't. So he started kind of blackmailing me trying to see me again wanting to see me again and telling me that he got everything on video that um he can show that to my parents and he can send it to my neighbors even to my school and it was just a nine-year-old nightmare you know i it was a nightmare i I couldn't leave the house because every time the phone rang I would think it's him. And if anyone else answered, he might tell on me. And I wasn't even worried about the act or what happened at that time. I, I was just worried my parents would find out where I went. That, that I went to a mall with a stranger. That I didn't get permission. That I was out for too long or whatever. Because at that age, I didn't see what was wrong that you know that happened. So yeah. <laughs> okay. He kept he he kept calling but i went on a vacation to the us that was a big blessing probably i had no control and i just i just had to go and i i wished he'd stop calling so i told him i was moving to the us and he should stop calling me and yeah so i went to the us I was hoping he'd stop, like people would tell him at home that I went to the U.S. I'm not coming back. <laughs> um, but I got back and he still called. I got to answer it and I just pretended it wasn't it wasn't me, that I was still in the U.S. and that I'm not going back. But yeah, I don't remember how it happened, but it, it stopped. Of course, eventually stopped calling um i don't remember our last conversation i don't remember much anymore um all i know is that i was always so anxious so scared with the phone ringing even the doorbell if someone would knock on our door i would always always look out the window and see if it's him and this went on for a few months, maybe a year or more. I, it just it it was just something that really scared me, because I didn't know if he was buffing or if he really did have a videotape of us, um, seeing each o- each other. So yeah, fast forward. Imagine me turning twelve. Attending science class and discussing the reproductive system and eventually getting my sex education classes. Oh my goodness. It was like I was suddenly drenched in ice water that something clicked inside me when I realized, oh my God, I was sexually assaulted. I was almost raped. He had to clean himself up because he came and that was not a lodge. That was a motel and those places were built for sex. (laughs) This was not a it was it was not okay. (laughs) This was not all at once. You know, I didn't realize this all at once. Slowly, like when we discussed the reproductive system I realized what was happening and then we had sex education I realized what was happening um yeah so once those pieces were put together I realized oh my oh my god (laughs) I was almost raped and I was sexually assaulted and I'm a victim so (sighs) that's that I mean I was never likable I'm a loner at school only a handful of friends I didn't even know if they were real and I was always told I had attitude problems I'm bossy I have a strong personality I'm intimidating I was a bully I don't know if I can completely associate peace with what happened to me. I never got professional help. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know I can do that. But I know that what happened probably changed me. And I never told anyone until high school. So no one validated me that it happened. I kind of just figured that out for myself very slowly as I grew up and matured. And (laughs) Got into sex education. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know it happened. And now I know how terribly wrong that was. But I'm telling you, if anyone shares with you um, that their experience, um, if they were raped or sexually harassed or sexually assaulted, the most you can do for that person is to validate them. Acknowledge that it did happen to them if they are telling you it did. Some people would need a shoulder to cry on, you know, care, softness, or some would need a protector, someone to stand f- up for them. Some will need whatever blank, but everyone needs validation. Um, <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't want to tell anyone because I was blaming myself. Of course, I mean, it was me. I was I brought myself there and I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed. I didn't want to be stamped as a victim. It was a long time ago. I barely remember it. I don't even know where that guy is now. So aside from becoming difficult, I also slowly lost my trust in men. I became one of the boys so that none of them can hurt me and touch me and stuff but yeah I, co- I courted and dated girls um yeah i'm bisexual but that's for another pod but <laughs> i joined the varsity basketball team i cut my hair just um, looking at it now that was probably a lot a lot of coping mechanisms that i did not realize is probably associated to what happened to me um but yeah, I accidentally told other people, but nothing came out of it. It was a taboo topic. Um, you would just... I Maybe it was pity? <laughs> or, I don't know. They looked at me weird, so... Um, I didn't want to talk about it, really. And then... I met my husband. He was the first person I truly wanted to share this with because I really, really liked him. And I wanted to know if he'll be okay with what happened to me. And of course, he was the kindest human being. Uh, maybe that was, uh, that was because um, that's why I was so drawn to him. He just said it wasn't my fault. And from that, he gained a little bit of my trust, (laughs) and to be totally honest, I wanted to hug that 9-year-old and 12-year-old Janina, and I also wanted to tell them that it wasn't their fault, and that we didn't want that to happen to us. (laughs) Rape exists because of rapists. And predators and monsters who take advantage of women, little girls um, like me, and men, you know, for sexual gains, it is never your fault. You never asked for it just because you wore those shorts. You weren't asked for asking for it when you got drunk. You didn't ask for it when you went home late alone from work. You did not want to become a victim. And they are the ones who made us victims and never apologize for that. Monsters include those rape apologists as well, those who blame victims and especially those who dictates what we should and shouldn't do with our bodies, what we should wear. I mean, it's not our fault. It never was. Don't ever think you have to change anything about you just because this happened. I'm still boyish now, but not because I want to keep guys from a a safe distance, but because that's where I'm comfortable with, and I am now very much educated, and I know how to use my consent and to exercise my rights. So yeah, I know this was a lot. I know most of the time we shy away from this topic because it's a lot and it's heavy, but I think we should stop using this moniker of quote-unquote a lot to not talk about things. It is a lot and I feel heavy and have so much emotions. Yeah, it is and it's a lot but we gotta name it to tame it and it is what it is. If we want to change the rape culture and victim blaming here in the Philippines and the world, um, we have to talk about it. Even if it's a lot Um, So yeah If hearing my story may help Anyone out there with their story Let's do it We have to keep talking about it Yes I'm terrified To publish this But I know I'm going to be okay And not everyone has the means Like I do Um, Not everyone can tell their story And say That they'll be okay so yeah, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I'm here. And I'm fighting this fight with you. Um, I'm still fighting this fight. Um, if you have thoughts, message me through my Facebook page, The Big Fat Truth. Or find me through Twitter and Instagram at underscore The Big Fat Truth. Or email me your story at the big fat truth podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Catch you on the next one. Bye!